I'm going to do something a little bit different today because God has a way of having us step out of our comfort zone. Anybody here know that God has you step out of your comfort zone on a occasional basis or a regular basis at times? If he doesn't, then I would, uh, I would, uh, we can help you step out of your comfort zone. <laughs> we can help with that. There's all kinds of areas you can serve around here. But as I was getting this word together, um, there, there's this part that, it's not going to make a lot of sense if you're going to go and try to re-listen to this on, on SoundCloud, but there's a part of, there's a part of this that I just, I, I've, I've been feeling that I've been trying to want to share this. I'm going to just go ahead and put this part out there, and then we're going to get into what I feel like God's kind of doing. So it's, this isn't going to be a traditional sit-down type of, of sermon today, because I just feel like we want to just kind of engage and tune in to see what God really is saying. But I'm going to just, at the end of my notes, if you have um, a smartphone or tablet, there is notes for you. If you go to the very, <laughs> the very end, and also if you want to go to the very end of my slides, I just want to, I'm going to blast this out there, and then I'm going to go into what I feel like God's supposed to, uh, what, what I'm going to move into. At the very end, uh, there, are, there are different ways that we hear of God. There's, I've been trying to talk about this the whole time. There's seven ways that we can hear from God. I'm going to just put it out there, and then I'm going to move on. And so these are just ways, if you're taking notes, you can put this down. If not, jot it in your memory. If not, just forget about this whole thing. But there are seven ways that God speaks to us. Number one is through the Bible. That's evident. Scriptural reference, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Okay, God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Okay, the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts. That's how God speaks to us. Three, God speaks through prophetic words. God speaks to us through the prophetic. Perhaps you've had that happen in your life or somebody came and said, I feel like I have something I want to share with you. And it was like right on. You can find out about prophetic prophecy and, and uh, not having contempt towards it. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 5, I think a lot of people are actually kind of scared of it and freaked out by, by prophetic ministry. Let me tell you, prophetic ministry is a very powerful thing. If you don't believe me, read 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Find out what happens when, when prophetic words happen. God shows up. Number four, God speaks through godly counsel. You can find that in Proverbs chapter 11. You need God to speak. Sometimes you use people, wise people around you to speak to you. Number five, God does this a lot with me. Confirmation. Kind of pull, I kind of pull the little Gideon. Okay, God, I need you to confirm, and he does it all the time. You ask God, okay, God, I need you to, and you find what happens is usually you'll kind of hear the same thing through this person, through that person, through this circumstance, through that situation, kind of lines up, and you, that's God speaks through confirmation. Anybody speak? Does God speak through confirmation to you? Yeah, okay. Number six, God speaks through the peace of God. Sometimes there's like, you don't have a word, you don't have uh, like a clear direction, but there's this sense inside of you that this is, this is what God is doing, this is what God is saying, and that's through the peace of God. And so, um, uh, and I just want to throw this out here before we move on. If you are in a situation where, where there is not a peace at rest in your spirit, most likely that's God telling you don't move forward, Okay. The peace of God will always rest on the direction he's having you go in. It's just, it's the way God works. 
And then finally, number seven, God speaks through circumstances and timing. Sometimes it's just, it's, it, the timing is right. It just all fits together. Like when we planted this church, you know, we, meet, we started meeting together back in January. We were just talking about, hey, look, this is kind of our, our vision, our heart. This is what we're doing. By, by uh, what was it, by uh, May, or not May, by March, uh, I was saying, look, if God really wants us to launch this thing, He's going he's gonna to provide the money. He's going to pro- provide the spot, all this. And, like, within two weeks, everything just lined on up. I'm like, it looks like we're launching on Easter because <laughs> I was like, you know, we're going to probably launch in the fall. No, I mean, so what was that? That was God speaking through circumstances and timing. This is the right time. It's time to move. God, so God just, he reiterates that. You can find that in the book of Acts. Okay, so those are seven ways. I've been wanting to preach this this whole sermon series and go in and break on all that. But the whole time, God hasn't allowed me to do that. So there, that's for you. There it is, the seven nuggets, and we're going to go into this. I just want to take a moment because I believe that, and I just, want to, I just want to hit number three for a moment, prophetic words. And this is me stepping out of my comfort zone, and it's probably uncomfortable for you as well, and that's cool. We're all going to be uncomfortable together. Is that okay? Yeah? Yeah? Can we? If you're comfortable, that's okay, but I'm letting you know I'm uncomfortable. So... The question I want to ask, because I really believe that when we tune in, that God begins to speak, right? So what is God saying? I'm going to just, this is going to be a, a lot different. This is not a lecture. This is, this is not me speaking and you listening. We're going to have a little bit of dialogue here. Is that okay? Um, <laughs> this, is where you get, this is where you get uncomfortable. So what is, So we've been, for the last four or five weeks, we've been talking about being tuned in. Meaning, we've been giving the tools for us to hear God, right? Hello? Yeah? Yes? And if, you're, if this is your first time, then maybe that's okay. But for those of us that have been here for the past few weeks, we feel like maybe God's been doing some stuff, kind of stirring some things. We've kind of, what is God saying? This is, I'm going to actually probably, if you, if you want to share, raise your hand, I'm going to give you the mic. What is God saying? We're, we're, What's God been saying to you? Is it, you know, share, you can share something personal, you could share something corporate. Yeah, yeah. Without me, you can do nothing. So you just feel like, really feel like God's been kind of just putting it in your heart. Without him, you can do nothing. You're just kind of reiterating that. Thank you for breaking the ice, Raquel. Come on, there we go. Yes. All right. Boldness, love it. What's, what's God been saying? What's God been saying? All right, so uh, Bailey and I went camping uh, last week. We went up to Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes and up into the UP camping and stuff. So, like, where I'm from, I'm from southeastern Ohio, it's really country. And a lot of our old pastors down there, uh, they're really country. So I've heard this kind of my whole life about men of God talking about going into the wilderness or the woods and getting alone with God, getting quiet with God, and really getting closer to God out in the woods, just them and their Bible. So that was kind of on my heart when we went up there and... For the, you know, we went hiking and went and saw these just gorgeous things. If anybody's been up there, it's beautiful up there. And well, the one night we were walking to watch the sunset on Lake Michigan, and just for the couple days I'd been praying and asking God, like, I just want to be closer to you. I just want to be closer to you. So I'm having this just dialogue uh, with God, and I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm not getting it, right? I'm not getting closer to God. It's just, it's not happening. So I'm asking God, why? And I'm not really getting an answer back. So I say the statement, 
Like, I don't feel closer to you. That's what I say when we're sitting there looking over Lake Michigan. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, when do you feel closer to me? So I thought for a second, and I had to say, in the struggle. Like, that's when I feel closer to God. Is, and not, it's, just, it's not even like struggling just with sin, but just with life. Like, when times are hard, that's when I feel closer to God. And then the Holy Spirit said, so then why do you run from that? And that's it. Come on. Yeah? So there's a scripture that really spoke to me uh, several months ago, and it's return to me and I will restore you. And I think that there is so much power in that. Um, When you are in a place where you're not sure or um, maybe not hearing, and I think just returning to God, and he will restore you. He is a God of restoration. He is a God of healing. He is a God of peace, and he is a God of love. And that is the other thing that, um, you know, God is love. And love is another thing that God's really been speaking to me, especially to pour out to my children, um, my situation, those who have hurt me, um, those that I don't want to forgive, (laughs) but I have. And that's only through God that I've been able to do that. God is a good, good God. Awesome. Uh, I just want to share a quick quote that, um, I don't know this this brother's name here, Jonas. It kind of reiterated everything that you were saying, and it's by C.S. Lewis. It's, we are not necessarily doubting that God will do the best for us. We are wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. It's easy after you have a few people say stuff. What else is God saying? Yeah. Um, For me personally, why have you been doing this without me? (laughs) Um, So you know it's so much easier. You just got to give a little and I'll handle the rest. So. I'm just writing down what everyone's saying, so. Anyone else? I know they got a few more. Yeah, Barb. Recently, I guess over the last month or so, uh, the Lord has just been saying, know, know your history. <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly, but I wasn't a good student. But I am really hungering and thirsting for the truth lately of, of history. And I think it's really important, the young people here especially, they don't teach history anymore. And, and there is, we have to be bold enough to stand up for what is right. And the only way to do that is in the truth. And the truth is in the history. And so we have to know the truth, and the truth sets us free, right? So that's kind of where I come from. Anyone else? Yeah. That, um, that God has been uh, showing me that it's good to be willing for him to change my mind. Because <laughs> sometimes I have an opinion, and it's like, Nope, that's not the way it is. And I, I need to be willing to let him change my mind. So. He's a fan. He's a fan of God speaking. Anyone else? It's God saying, yeah. 
Okay, so I guess I'm kind of new here because Angelina brought me here and cause their family's so wonderful, I'm sure you guys know. Um, so I'm really nervous, sorry. It's my first time speaking, I guess. <laughs> but so I'm 13 and everybody knows when you're 13, you know, obviously you're in this weird stage, puberty, adolescence, and <laughs> I, I've been struggling a lot with who I want to be because I know there's one, I've always looked in my, like when I was young, I was like, I want to be this person and I've dealt a lot with like having a lot of sin with like just this isn't like I've been doing stuff like that I thought I would never do. I promised myself that I would never do it and I felt that I was losing my connection with God and that I always promised myself that that would never happen and just to be back here and it feels like I'm being saved all over again and I'm so grateful because God is so beautiful and wonderful and I can feel him in this room and it's something that I would never want to lose because he gets me through my daily life and it's so wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Maybe one or two more. What's God saying? <laughs> of course. I feel like God is saying to me, don't give up, keep trying. For me, it's not, I don't, like, know what he's saying, but I know he's giving me a feeling, and it's, like, conviction. Like, a lot of, like, I'm feeling a lot of conviction for the actions and choices I've been making lately. So, like, that's what, like, I don't, like, that, I don't feel like that's something he's saying, but it's something he's making me feel in better things. Isn't it amazing how awesome our God is? He's so multi-faceted, so multi-versatile that we could have all these people in the same room. And God, you know, I mean, he tailors what he's doing and speaking in our lives. It's amazing. Yeah, something else? Oh, yeah. This is for you because I read this the other day, and it says, don't let anyone look down. What's that? First Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. That's a word, isn't it? Anyone else? Yeah, no? Okay. Last time? <laughs> yeah, you get forced by your friend, yeah. Um, I feel like God's saying that even though you're in your hardest times, don't give up. Because I know that the devil tries to stop you. Like when something's going on or something's wrong in your life. And the devil's just trying to put you down and trying to like get you out of your faith. Just don't ever give up. Just keep on going. Push through. Awesome. I got a lot of stuff here. I think that's awesome. Isn't it amazing when God speaks? I love it. I love that God is speaking to his people. You know, the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is that he is always doing stuff. He's always doing stuff. For those of us that are tuned in to what he's doing, for those of us that have fully, wholeheartedly yielded ourselves to God, man, I mean, he is constantly encouraging and constantly correcting and constantly leading. We, we have just such a good God, friends. We have such a good God. All right. 
So I just want to tell you what I feel like God's been kind of sharing with me here the last, the last few days. This is something that's been on my heart. I just want to touch on this just for a moment. I've got a few verses about this. And this is what I've been, I've been like, this has been going in my mind for a while. And I think we've kind of, as, as an American church, I think we have learned how to be churched. And I just like really feel like the Holy Spirit has been really impressing on me is that, man, he really wants us to fall in love with Jesus. I think we've learned how to do church. You know, we can, we, you, 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 you come, you can do the songs, you can serve, and, and yet you don't really leave. But, man, I just really, I really believe, I really believe that God really wants us to fall in love. And, you know, when you are in love with God, I mean, it changes everything. It does. It changes everything. And especially in, especially in the urban community, there are people, they learn how to go through the motions. Have you ever heard of that? Have you ever heard of go through the motions? Have, has anyone here ever gone through the motions? I'm raising my hand. What is that? What is going through the motions? It means you don't really feel like it, but you do it anyway, right? Maybe that was this morning in worship. Maybe, you know, you're really struggling. And so you were just kind of singing. You're kind of going through the motions. There's nothing wrong with that as long as that doesn't become a lifestyle, because there's times we, I used, to tell, I used to tell our teenagers way back in the day when I was a youth pastor, is sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. You just, <laughs> you have to kind of like make yourself, as, as uh, David would say, he would say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. He's saying, telling his soul, bless the Lord. I'm going to bless him through the circumstance. Because we don't always necessarily feel like having the best attitude. We may not always feel like worshiping God. I just feel like, like, God just wants us to really fall in love with Jesus. Friends, away from the mechanics, away from the step-by-step instructions, and just go all out and be in love with him. It doesn't say love the Lord or God with, with some of our heart, with a quarter of our heart. It says all of our heart, right? All of our mind, all of our soul, and love him with all of our strength. And um, methods are good, um, and I think we can sometimes miss it by the spontaneity of communion with him, meaning how can I say this? I believe God wants to speak to us throughout the whole day. I believe the Lord wants to commune with us in a very spontaneous, you know, it's not like, now there's nothing wrong with having quiet time before him. We absolutely should. I believe if you have quiet time in the morning, I believe that's the time where you're dying to yourself. But I believe that God wants to talk to us all day long. Like when you're driving your car, when you're getting yourself ready for work, when you're, I just, I really feel like God wants to commune with us throughout the full course of the day. And the only way that that happens is if we have an, like an awareness of God and we're kind of, how can I say this? We're like ready for him. Because we can get busy. And I'm not saying, because there's times we all, I mean, you know, your workload is probably heavy. When you're there, it's probably hard to think about God because you got to hit deadlines, you got to quotas, you got to whatever, you've got that workload. But what about those in-between times? I don't know. For me, if I have that communion with him throughout the day, it just helps me focus. It just really does. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that God is in, so in love with you. I believe he is so in love with you. Do you know that? Just say this. Say, God is in love with me. I mean, just think about Romans chapter 8, verse 37 and 39. Think about this. It says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Isn't that amazing? Yes. It says, for I am convinced 
and continued to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present and threatening nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited, say unlimited, man, love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, God is so in love with you that nothing can separate you from his love. And I believe God wants us to be madly in love with him. What madly? When I say madly, I mean wildly, crazily, furiously, intensely, fervently. Say fervently. God wants us to be fervently in love with God. Do you know that? Do you know that fervent that that people that are fervent in the scriptures captured God's attention? Do you know that? Fervent people captured God's attention, for example, or fervent prayers capture God's attention. It says in James chapter 5 verse 16, this is why we pray for sick people because the, because the Bible says, confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may that you might be healed. Anyone here ever prayed for somebody to receive healing? Maybe somebody sick, maybe somebody with disease, maybe somebody with cancer. Please do. If you haven't, do it. Do it. And this is what it says. It says, the effective fervent, say fervent, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There's something about that passion that's behind the prayer that, like, puts a fire under it. Fervency. Look at your neighbor and say fervency. I don't even know if that's a word. I don't know, but I just made it up. <laughs> I don't think it is. First, First Samuel chapter 1, verse 10. This is crazy. If you know anything about the life of Samuel, this man was a man of God. He was a prophet. He was a priest. It says not a single word that he spoke fell to the ground. He was a man of God. Do you know, in order for him, before he was born, this is his mother. She's at the altar She's weeping before the Lord. The priest Eli thinks that she's drunk. He says, woman, put that, put that liquor away. He says, my Lord, don't take me for a wicked woman. And this is what it says. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord with weeping and anguish. Does anybody know what happened to that prayer? It was heard. And more than heard, God gave uh, Hannah a powerful man of God. <laughs> I mean, it was more than just birth the son who just went about doing life. I mean, I mean, this man was incredible. Fervency, man, if that's what fervency births, then we need some fervent, if that's a word. We need some fervent prayers. In bitterness of soul. Does anybody know what that means? Bitterness of soul? I can't say that I've ever been there. Weeping in anguish. Fervor. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. I love this guy. This guy right here. I don't know how to say his name. That's what I say. It's like a papyrus or whatever. It says, he is one of you, a bondservant of Christ. He greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayer. Hold on. I only, this guy, they only mentioned his name twice in scripture, and this time, it says, this guy's a prayer warrior. He's praying. He's not just saying, Lord, bless the church. There's nothing wrong with those prayers, but he's not, Lord, help the saints. He says, another translation says he wrestles in prayer. So you know what I look at? I look at this guy right here. When he's praying, I just see this. 
And it says, what is he doing? He's praying that they would stand perfect, complete in the will of God. So he's praying that the saints would stay in the will of God. And he's not just praying it. I mean, this guy is praying it with passion. <laughs> a fervent prayer is not, Lord, help them to stay. And that's okay. But I, just can't, I can just see him like, he's not doing it to be seen. But I can just see him in the quietness of his room. And he's like, Jesus, can you please help them stay in the will of God? God, will you guard them from the evil one? Help them to stay, stay grounded and focused. I could just hear this man's prayer. Are you getting it? Because there's something about that passion that God, in, in, in his infinite doing everything, that he just it captures his attention. I believe the Lord wants us to be madly in love with him. Wildly, crazily, furiously, fervently. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 10. Verse 11, I like what it says in the Amplified, because the Amplified actually translates the Greek more accurately. Because without the, without the Amplified, it says, Ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you, Luke eleven nine. But in the Amplified, that word is actually translated in the intensity of what that means. And says, so I say unto you, ask and keep asking. Has anyone here ever had a child that asked and kept asking? <laughs> Sometimes you said no for the first 50 times, but that 51st time you said, okay, go ahead, eat your cookie or whatever it was they were asking for. Because there's something about ask and keep asking that causes the Father to act. And it says, and it will be given unto you. It doesn't, it's not just asking it will be given unto you. So it's, so it's ask and keep asking. It says seek and keep on seeking. Well, I, I was seeking for just a moment and God didn't answer. And so I figured, well, he didn't want to answer my prayer. No. Keep on seeking. Keep on seeking. That's hard. We need stick to itiveness. It says, and you will find, okay, uh, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open for you. Sometimes we give up when the door isn't opened after the first time. Sometimes we'll even justify and say, okay, maybe God's just closing the door. Are you sure? Are you sure that God is just closing the door? Maybe he wants you to move ahead a little bit further. Sometimes he does close the door. You can't kick the door open when God shuts it. But there's times the door isn't opening because we're not knocking long enough. I don't, have you ever had that happen at your, at your house? Somebody knock on the door and maybe you didn't feel like answering. But then they knocked again and they knocked again and they kept on knocking. What eventually happens? I'll tell you what happens. We tell one of our kids, hey, go answer the door. <laughs> You'll get it. Because usually for us as a neighborhood kid or something, you know, they want to jump on our trampoline. But if, if, if they don't get it the first time, see, sometimes we have to keep on knocking. Sometimes we just got to keep on knocking. Sometimes the kids get it. They knock once or twice. We don't answer, and then they go away. You know, we've had it, we've had it happen where a lot of times, I mean, when we have uh, family dinner or whatever, when we're trying to eat together in family, somebody's knocking on the door, we, that's the time we try not to answer the door. But usually our kids are even jumping off the, from our table to go answer the door. We already know it's the neighborhood kids. They want to come over. They want to play on our trampoline. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open. Verse 10, 
it says, for whoever keeps on asking, say what? Persistently receives. And he who keeps on seeking, go ahead and say it. Persistently finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, persistently the door will be open. Friends, there's a fervor behind that. There's a consistency, there's an intensity, there's, there's a, when we ask, when we come before him, when we're, when we're pleading, I mean, just keep it on, keep on keeping on. Look at your neighbor, say, keep on keeping on. Look at your spouse, say, keep on keeping on. Keep it on. Friends, this is what is attractive to God. It's attractive to God. And it's especially attractive when you accompany it with sincerity and humility. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Uh, you know, and I know the scripture. When I first got saved, man, I had this, this zeal and passion. I wanted to see the whole world turn upside down for Jesus. And I'm telling everybody about Jesus, you know, everywhere I go. And I'm just witnessing and I'm doing all this other stuff. And you know what people used to say? Does anybody, does anybody know? Zeal without wisdom. Zeal without knowledge. I wish I'd have known this scripture back then. Because this is what I would have said back to them. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. <laughs> I would have hit him right on back. <laughs> Obviously, the scripture isn't meant for that. It's not meant for you to chop people up with it. <laughs> it's not. It's a two-edged sword. It does cut. But it's meant to do incisions in into us on, on like on like a, a scale of us having surgery, not you chopping down your neighbor like he's an enemy, right? But it's a two-edged sword, double-edged sword. Use it, to, use, it to, use it to surgically insert. Don't use it to cut their head off. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Why would God say that through Paul to the Romans? Unless there were people that their spiritual zeal started to faint. Never be lacking in zeal. I believe, there's, I believe there is an assignment when you've been serving the Lord for a season that your fervor, your passion, your zeal begins to fade. And then we go ahead and we in our own mind say, well, I'm just getting more mature. See, I'm grown, but I'm a kid at heart. It's just it is what it is. That's why I was so glad when I had sons because I knew I was going to be able to play with toys all over again. I just knew it. I was so excited. I mean, I, I, when, when my uh, first son was born, I bought him toys that were above his, his level. You know, when they say, you know, between ages this and this, I always bought what I wanted to play with. I remember like the first Transformer I bought Joshua. He was probably five, and this is like for like a 12-year-old or whatever. And I'm like, happy birthday. All right, good. Here, let Daddy play with that. <laughs> And you know, there's something about being around young people that hopefully makes you feel young again. We need to be around people that are new in the faith. If you've been serving the Lord for a long time, you need to be around people that have been serving the Lord for a short period. Because you know what they'll do? They'll challenge you. And they'll inspire you. And so we got to always be around... Because there's something, about, there's something about new people. There's something about young people that make grown uh, grandparents run around again like they were young. Because they're chasing around babies. And they may be out of time, they may be tired and tuckered out, but inside of them, there's this, there's this life that's breathed fresh into them. 
keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And if, you, if you've found it kind of waning, then find somebody who has it around you. Let them, let them be around you for a little bit. It's contagious. How many of us know fire is contagious? Yeah, it is. Fire is contagious. Friends, again, what's attractive to God is that passion, sincerity, and humility. So what's attractive to God is sincerity, humility, and passion, and how we stay near to him is holiness. Stay near to him with holiness. And I'm going to just throw this out here. James chapter 4, verse 3 talks about us having pure motives. It says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasure. So friends, when we, when we are, sometimes we don't get what we want. We're asking and seeking and knocking, but really it, God says no. Do you know sometimes God says no? <laughs> Who in here likes telling their, their people no? Who in here likes saying the word no? Who likes hearing no? I mean, no one really likes to hear the word no, right? No, go ahead, you can say it right now. No. Who likes hearing the word no? We like to hear the word yes. Can I go to sleep over it? Yes. Can I do this? Yes. Can I spend money? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. We like hearing yes. But sometimes it's no. And usually when God says no, it's because maybe our heart's wrong, maybe our motives are wrong. Okay? Maybe, are we, <laughs> do we, do we find ourselves maybe trying to boss God around, tell him what to do? <laughs> you ever, well, God, you, you know, maybe you should do this because this will happen. Maybe God's not answering because he's the boss. <laughs> Try to boss him around. It's okay, people, you know, we have, it happens from time to time. I, was, I remember I was talking to a lady and she was, she was saying, you know, well, I was telling God, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, really? You're telling God what to do? That's okay. All right, well, have fun with that. We'll see how that works out for you. I don't try to tell God what to do. <laughs> But it, you know, sometimes we, yeah, maybe we want to try to tell him what to do. It's all good. You know, I just think about this. This is how powerful our God is. We have this God who has one voice that spoke and 66 books were, were written using 44 different authors. He, he's the voice of heaven. He's the voice of the ages. He breathes on the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, he echoes through the voice of the martyrs. Friend, the voice of the martyrs, friends. When we tune into the one voice, we get on track with the assignment of heaven. I'm gonna say that again. When you tune into God, when you tune into the Father, when you tune into Him, you get on track with what God is doing. You get on track with the assignment of heaven. When you're in sync with the Father, Jesus said this. If our goal is to be like Christ, Jesus said this, I don't do anything I don't see my Father doing. If our goal is to be like Christ, then our mission should be the same as his. Amen? Are, are you getting this today? Are you still with me? Are you falling asleep? Did you wish you grabbed that coffee before we got started today? Are you thinking about that donut that's sitting back there? It's going to still be there after service, believe me. There's just something about being in the assignment of heaven for your life. There's just something about being in that, being in the word of God, because friends, it, it, there's something about the word of the Lord that what it does is it, it, it expels confusion. It brings focus. It, it, it allows our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and our fears and our stress and all this, and just brings everything right into alignment. The word of God has that effect on us. Do you know that? Last night, I mean, I don't know what was going on. I was praying, and my mind was here and there, and I was thinking about this and that. And I just, and the Lord just started speaking to me. And I just started writing down some things that I felt like he was speaking to me personally. 
And then after that, I just spent some time in worship. And do you know that all that stuff that was going on, it just kind of like, and I was like, God, thank you. I got focus again. Because the word of the Lord has that effect of bringing focus back into our heart, our mind, confusion, our thoughts, all that stuff. Do you know that God wants you to walk in the assignment of heaven? Do you know that? Do you even know what that means? He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans. Jeremiah 29. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I remember when the Lord kind of downloaded this to me and kind of gave me this revelation. This is not in my my notes. Uh, And he was speaking through a, a man of God named Dutch Sheets, and this guy's very prophetic. And he was talking about how, how like there are things being written about us in heaven. There are things to be written about us. I mean, when you look in the book of Revelation, it says books were opened about your life. It's almost like there's like an angel going around scroll, uh, scribing your life. Okay? Do you know, it says, for I know the plans I have for you. So God has plans, and you have plans. Our goal is to find out what God's plans are and for us to do that. You want to live in the will of God? Find out what he's saying about you or to you or what is for you, and you do that. That's the will of God. Not you doing stuff and saying, God, will you bless what I'm doing? Find out what God is saying. Find out what God has written in heaven about you. Find out what the assignment of heaven is for you, and you do that. Is that easy? Heck no, it's not easy. That's hard. It takes patience. It takes waiting. It takes sometimes you don't even know what's going on. A lot of it is by faith. A lot of it is by faith. It's not all laid out for us. Wouldn't it be so easy if it was just laid out? I would say all of it is by faith. It's by stepping out in faith. Friends, God has an assignment on cities and nations. God has an assignment on Waterville. I don't believe that God called Joy and I uh, on a very fast track to Waterville because of our heart that we had for Waterville or a heart for people that had for Waterville, I believe that God wants to do something mighty in this city. I believe God wants to do something mighty. I believe the Lord wants a move of God in this place. I absolutely believe that. I don't believe that the fast track of the way we launched was was on accident. I believe God is up to something. I believe there is a heavenly assignment for Waterville. I believe there's a heavenly assignment for the city of Toledo. I believe that. I absolutely believe that. When you look at the scriptures, Jesus is rebuking cities for not believing. So what does that mean? That means there's an assignment of cities for them to believe. There's an assignment on cities. Nineveh, there was an assignment on Nineveh. What? That, that they were, they were going to be destroyed. And what happened? They repented and a revival happened. There's an assignment on, on the city of Toledo. There's an assignment on Waterville. There's a heavenly assignment. There's things that God wants to do in Waterville. And so it's our job to find out what God wants to do in us, join him with what he's doing. You can say amen right there. Friends, it's not like we're like some sort of church planning gurus. It's not because Aunt Margaret had all the personal connections. No, friends, God is doing something here in this city. He is doing something. God has a heavenly assignment for Waterville. This is what I believe. I feel like the Lord gave me this as a prophetic word. I'm going to just decree this. Last night, I just felt like the Holy Spirit kind of gave me a download, and I just started writing this. 
Can you bear with me for a while? Just for a few moments? Okay. I just pray that your spiritual ears and heart would be open in the name of Jesus. I just command in the name of Jesus every, every doubt. I command that everything, every, every thing of the enemy would leave this place and that we could just receive the word of the Lord. I believe Waterville has been spiritually dammed up for a while, and God wants to refresh this community with fresh water from heaven. I believe that God, in the name of Jesus, that the dry and the thirsty that the spiritual bankrupt, that the hungry souls of Waterville will experience a move of God. In Jesus' name, I decree that the high and lofty will be humbled and that the humble will be exalted. I decree that the truth of God will permeate this community, bringing repentance and freedom, that many sons and daughters will come to the Father in Jesus' name. I pray that every tear that has been shed, I pray that every cry that has been heard would be answered and that there would be a, an acknowledgement around the city and region that Jesus is doing something. In the mighty name of Jesus, I decree that the waters of Waterbill will be stirred. I decree in Jesus' name that Waterville will, be, will come into alignment with the assignment of heaven for this city. In Jesus' name. You know, what that, you know what I just did? You know what that was called? A prophetic proclamation. In faith. When you are believing and you are decreeing something over something. Do you know the Lord has called you to decree? That's what, that's what we did in worship. In worship, when it says, peace be still, say the words, and I will. And what did I say? I said, speak peace over your situations. You know what you were doing? You were decreeing the peace of the Lord. And I just felt, I mean, I felt the Holy Spirit kind of permeating during this time. And so you know what I just did? I just decreed over this city. God wants to do something. God is up to something. We just got to get into alignment with what God's doing. Is that easy? No. It takes time, focus, patience. It takes us time to pray, having ears to hear, us tuning in to what God is doing. And I believe the Lord wants to speak to us, and he has been. And I just want to say, I, want to, I appreciate everybody that shared earlier today what they feel God was saying to them. And I just want to take a moment, and I just want to find out what God is still saying. I believe God wants to say some stuff here today. Bailey, would you come up? Like I said, this, this is not a, a message message. I just, I just want to hear what God is saying. I'm going to step out in faith again. It's not fun. Do you know stepping out in faith is always, is always a limbo because there's something inside you say, well, what if I fail? Right? Well, what if this doesn't happen? What if this doesn't work out the way I planned? That's why it's faith. We're going to take a moment. We're going to see what God's saying. So just, just wait. We're just going to wait. You know how I know God starts speaking? 
because inside of you, your stomach, you'll start having butterflies. <laughs> what is God saying? Maybe there's a word of encouragement today. Maybe there's a prophetic word. Okay, let's do this, okay. <laughs> hey, Barb. I feel like God, I feel like God's been, I feel like there's something that you've been asking God for, and I just feel like, like, like he just wants to encourage you that, like, it's almost there. Like, don't give up. I don't, does, I don't know what you've been asking God for. I just know that, that whatever that thing is, like, like, like you're almost there, like it's almost gonna happen. So don't give up. I just feel like, like he's been hearing your prayers. It's just kind of like that persistency, like we were talking about. And so just don't give up. And also, I feel like the Lord is giving you obviously a level of leadership. I mean, obviously that's that's without a doubt. But I I really feel like God is going to uh, kind of extend your level of leadership like you haven't seen before. And uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you are I don't know how you function in front of people. I don't know how if you are good speaking in front of people or but you just have such an influence i just believe the lord kind of wants to expand the tense of your influence and i don't know if that's something he's placed on your heart i don't know if there's something he's been speaking to you but i just i just seen you i seen i seen you praying and god answering whatever that thing was and i seen him just kind of like expanding your level of influence does that make sense okay okay Yeah, you guys, Sharon. Yeah. First thing is just the word intentional. The first thing is just the word intentional. God will remind me of that every few months when I just start going through the motions. I'm just being intentional about my thoughts and about uh, prayer and about communing with Him. And then um, when Pastor Josh was talking about um, how God speaks or making that time how God wants to talk throughout the day with you. Um, something that Jill shared with me that has stuck with me for, I think she said about a year ago, was instead of uh, thinking throughout the day, just letting her mind race, um, instead of thinking, replacing her thinking with communion with God, with, with talking to God. So if you're thinking about what you got to buy from the grocery store <laughs> or just replacing your random thoughts with, with prayer. Um, and then the other thing is for um, young ladies, <laughs> Angela, um, just there's there's more than just teenage life. There's more than just um, the stresses, the, uh, the goals, the pressures. Um, there's, there's more, and God wants to bring you into that more. Um, he wants to show you what he's capable of even in your youth. Um, he wants to show you how far he can take you. So go after that. Just right now, I felt like God was saying to me 
making me sob something in tongues. I felt like I was speaking in, in my mind to him. And I felt like he was saying to me, don't give up. I'm always here for you. You can come to me, my children. Just a little extension uh, from earlier, from what Jonas and myself said. God wants to take us to a place where we struggle, and that's painful. But it's not just in our failures. The struggle and the pain that he takes us through is just for us to recognize that everything that we go through pain, suffering, but also joy and successes. He just wants us to say, will you come with me? Can I do this for you, Lord, and not for ourselves? So the struggle and the pain is in the successes and the failures, not just the failures. Yes, Lord. Jesus. A little different service, huh? It's good, though. Let God be God. Let God be God. Jesus. Anyone else? Maybe one more time before we close. out the lukewarm, but he keeps like the hot and the cold in his mouth. Stand your feet with me today. Jesus.